We have all heard those four terrifying words. We need to talk. What comes to your mind when you hear those words? What feelings do you immediately notice? For most of us, when we hear those words, we start bracing for impact. Uh oh. It puts us on the defensive. And on the inside, we might even be thinking, oh, great. What did I do now? And yet when something is bothering us, we need to be able to talk it through. But how can we approach a difficult conversation in a way that doesn't trigger our partner or get us started out on the wrong foot? Maybe you're in a situation right now where there's been this deafening silence in your relationship for some time. You know it's creating emotional distance. And how could you perhaps break that silence in a way that doesn't reopen another fight? I think we've all tried the old, we need to talk phrase, Mm -hmm. and we know it doesn't work very well. But what are some new ways that we can break the silence in our relationship? That's up next on today's episode of Master Your Marriage. Did you know the average couple waits six years to get help in their marriage? Yeah, that's six years of pain, hurt, and frustration. Hi there, I'm Charlotte Snow. And I'm Robert Snow. And welcome to Master Your Marriage. Where we believe that having an amazing marriage should never feel like hard work and shouldn't be a guessing game. This is the show for married couples who want to discover a scientifically proven approach to building a masterful marriage and have fun while doing it. So if that's you, you're in the right place. Let's dive in. Welcome back to another episode. We're really grateful that you're here with us today. If this is your first time joining the show, welcome. And thank you for being here. Make sure that while you're here, you hit that subscribe button because we drop weekly episodes every Wednesday and you want to get the notification when we do. Also, we announced in our last week's episode that if you have a question that you would like to have addressed on our show, we now have opened up a question line. So you can call in, leave a recorded message that we may play on a future episode and answer that question. So if you'd like to do that, our question line is 801-669-8513. And just a reminder, you guys, if you're getting value out of these episodes, I want to thank you for continuing to support the show. Whatever platform you're listening on, it's Apple, Spotify, or whatever, we ask that you please head over, leave us a five-star rating and a written review. We really appreciate it. Okay. So this week, what we're talking about is how to break the silent treatment. Oh boy. Okay. We've been there. And we came up with this topic with, I think it's a, a really important conversation to have. And it came from an experience this past week. I was working with a new client and Without disclosing a lot of their personal details, I'll just say that they had, as most couples that end up, we end up seeing, they had managed conflict really poorly for quite some time, which meant there had been a lot of emotional withdrawals from their emotional bank account and not nearly enough deposits. And so when she tried to bring up an issue that was really important to her, her husband received it very poorly and it ended up escalating into a super unfortunate, really regrettable incident And as they were recounting this story to me, I told Robert, I said, you know what, we need to talk about this on the next episode. We need to talk about how to avoid the silent treatment and bring up difficult issues in a way that can work and avoid doing the silent treatment. Yeah. And we've all been in the situations and we thought it would be really helpful if we could give you some good strategies for how to break the silence and talk about hard things in a productive way. Mm -hmm. First, however... We want to spend a little time talking about the what we do not want to do list. Okay. So 
This is really important because the tendency when we have difficult things to talk about is to not talk about them. Just go radio silent. Right. And avoid conflict. Yeah. And so we want to talk about silence and we want to talk about the silent treatment. Specifically, that's the thing we really want to avoid. But we want to talk about what the difference is between silence and the silent treatment, when silence might be okay, when it's not. And then how we really, why and how we really want to avoid the silent treatment, because that can lead to a form of emotional abuse. Yeah, that's really, I mean, you think about when they put prisoners in solitary confinement, that withdrawal from contact is, especially if it's contact with someone you love, that one hurts. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later, right? So you've probably heard the old adage that silence is golden. And sometimes it can be golden. Um, For example... We have talked about the importance of taking in a break or, you know, an adult timeout. And these are absolutely critical in relationships when either of the partners gets flooded or comes in a little hot. But the difference between taking a break and silence and the, quote, silence treatment is that when you take a break in your conversation that gets too heated, you're both going to agree to come back and revisit the topic at a later point in time. Right. So in these situations, silence is not only productive, it's actually really imperative. Silence can possibly also be a good idea or at least acceptable when a person is receiving verbal abuse. So if there's Mm, name calling, if there's belittling, if there's contempt, I think it would be reasonable in those situations to draw a healthy boundary and say that, you know, I'm going to remove myself from these abusive situations. And that's not giving someone the silent treatment, obviously. No, that's actually just... Having boundaries. Yeah, having boundaries. So the key difference is knowing that there's a difference between the silent treatment, which is a tactic that is often used to control people, Mm -hmm. and silence, which is reserving conversation, which can be acceptable at times. In general, the silent treatment is a manipulation tactic, and it keeps the issues relatively unresolved. Right. And it can leave the recipient of the silent treatment feeling rejected, worthless, unloved, hurt, confused, or feeling unimportant. Right, right. right. So think about it. You know, you have maybe one or both parties, and they're sulking, they're pouting, they're refusing to talk. In a way, that is exerting a type of power that is really shutting the other person down. And because they, it's, it's taking away their ability to communicate. It's taking away their power. It's taking away their autonomy. And worse, I think, is what it's communicating to the other person because it's communicating to them, you don't matter. You're not important enough to me. And I don't care enough about you to try to work something out here, to try to collaborate or be a team with you. I think the silent treatment is a very deleterious version of contempt, mm-hmm. which as we've talked in I past shows, totally contempt, is, temp, contempt is the number one predictor for divorce. Yeah, I agree. So people may use the silent treatment for lots of different reasons. They may mm-hmm. be trying to control the situation, but they definitely are trying to control the conversation. Yeah, They could be doing it to avoid taking responsibility or really just so that they can not admit to doing anything wrong. Yeah. So what would be an example of that? So if you're, for example, someone where your partner, maybe your partner's come home late, you know, night after night after night, and you're worried and you're concerned and you want to talk about it. And so you start a conversation with your partner where you express your feelings about why they're home late all the time. And a partner who doesn't want to accept responsibility for hurting you or worrying you, concerning you, 
And a partner who doesn't want to change their behavior might say, you know what, I'm I'm not talking about this. We are not going to talk about this. Just or or they might just ignore you altogether and just walk off and say, no, we're we're not talking about this. Yeah, that's brutal, right, right? To be able to do that, yeah, because you you have worries and fears and your feelings, and they're just being completely invalidated. Yeah, yeah. So this is the silent treatment. Yeah, and that is very different from saying, hey. Let's postpone this conversation and promise to pick it up later when we're both in a better state. Um, postponing can be very healthy because it can prevent you from saying things that you'll regret later. Whereas the silent treatment. The silent treatment yeah. is is different because it's really a form of like refusing to talk about whatever that issue is at any time. Not now, not later. It's just completely off limits, period. And consequently, consequently that causes the other person to feel as we said, unloved unhurt, and just hurt like they don't matter. And it continues to fester, of course, these problems and eating away day by day at the relationship, which over time is going to eventually lead to emotional disengagement and possibly divorce. Yeah, that's terrible. So there's a difference, again, between silence and the silent treatment. But if we're not careful those periods of silence can lengthen if we're just using silence as a way to come avoid, back to a conversation. Avoid right? conflict. Or, or avoid conflict. And then if those periods lengthen, then silence can actually then become the silent treatment, which is really just refusing to talk about and engage in the conversation. Right. And that's what we want to avoid. So we want to we want to go back and talk about like, okay, these things that are difficult to talk about, maybe we're afraid to talk about them, but we don't want it to become the silent treatment. And then continuing to carry this out, like how, if we keep doing the silent treatment thing, it can become pretty emotionally abusive, especially when it's turned into a weapon, when it's turned into a control tactic. You know, there's, there's a lot of different ways the silent treatment can be used to gain power or to exert control over someone. Yeah. And we hear this a lot in the couples that we work with. Mm -hmm. Not a lot, but it's, it's a common thread where one of the partners you know, when they come to us, they'll say, yeah, that my, my partner won't engage in a conversation about this topic mm -hmm. at all. And I don't understand what to do. And, and it really just leaves you like your rudder has been cut. Yeah. You're just adrift. So I think we should probably talk about a few ways just to give some examples of what we're talking about, of when the silent treatment can really become controlling and maybe even emotionally abusive. Okay. So using the silent treatment to put someone in their place. Yeah, about that one to control them, put them yeah. in their place, get them to like, I'm not going to talk to you. You're not worthy of my time unless you do certain things that I right. want you to yeah. do. Right. Or when we give someone the cold shoulder, I think anytime we give someone the cold shoulder for days or weeks at a time. Yeah. If we refuse to talk or make eye contact or maybe even just we're not answering calls or responding to texts. Yeah. That seems like a minor thing, you know, like, but I know there's been times when I've unintentionally like not seen a text from you and I haven't answered and it's made you feel bad. Like you sent me something sweet and you've sent me a cute text and maybe I didn't look at my phone or had my do not disturb on. And you're like, hey, did you did you see my text I sent? I can't imagine having that go on intentionally for days to try to hurt somebody. Yeah. Well, I mean, think about that just in the text version, right? You have a really good friend, right? Mm -hmm. That's maybe it's not. So imagine you have a really good friend. Hopefully it's your partner but one of your other great friends and they just all of a sudden stop responding to your texts. Yeah. How do you feel? Yeah. Are they still your friend? Right. Yeah, you don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think also when we use the silent treatment, when things don't go our way, 
like we're almost like we're pouting and being a child, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm stomping my feet. I'm not getting things my way. So I'm using the silent treatment. Yeah. That's another way. Yeah. Or using it as a way to avoid taking responsibility for bad behavior, like just completely ignoring the conversation. Right. Right. Like we talked, the example we gave with coming home late. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm not going to talk about it. Right. Yeah. Or requiring someone, oh, you know, to like Ooh, yeah. apologize. Like you need someone to beg or plead or apologize or give in to you or your demands just in order to have the privilege of your conversation. Yeah, I'm not talking to you until you apologize. Right. Ooh. Yeah. Or silencing someone when they attempt to assert themselves by refusing to talk. Yeah. So you tell me what your needs are and I don't like that. So I'm, just, I'm just not going to talk to you. Yeah. Talk to the hand, mm-hmm. roll my eyes and walk away. You know, and anytime as, as Robert said earlier, anytime we communicate disdain or contempt in order to maintain the silence eye rolling, belittling, snarking, sneering, all of those types of things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or maybe we're using it as a primary means of dealing, or I would say not dealing with conflict. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. that. So the bottom line is that the silent treatment is a way to control because it takes away the ability to collaborate, work together and communicate as a team. So I thought it would be interesting to look at the research and see if the research says anything about the silent treatment. And um, it does. And we're going to link to some of that research and the resources in the show notes below. But basically, the research says that both men and women do engage in the silent treatment. Yeah, you would think that it would be one or the other. but No, both do. And both engage in using it as a way to shut down their partner and to take away their voice rather than eliciting their voice, eliciting conversation. Here's the cool part. The research confirms that, in fact, the other person is hurt Mm -hmm. by this action, by the silent treatment. Um, And it shows that excluding someone really just activates the same area of the brain that gets, that is also activated when they experience physical pain. So it really does hurt. That's interesting. So when you give someone the silent treatment, you're excluding them, you're you're shutting them down, it activates the same part of the brain that would be activated if we were in physical pain. Yeah. So you'd say, well, like, I didn't hurt you. I just didn't talk to you. But you Mm, did. You did. You did. The silent treatment is also sometimes called the demand withdrawal pattern. And you'll see this title used in therapy books. And sometimes on social media, people are talking about the demand withdrawal pattern. And really all that means is one person is making a request or an assertion or a demand, and the other person is withdrawing. And in this case, the type of withdrawal that we're talking about is just going silent. And so what the research also shows is that couples who do this demand withdrawal pattern are more dissatisfied in the relationship. They have less intimacy. They have poor communication, more anxiety, and more aggression because of this pattern that is present in their relationship. And that's just terrible, right? I mean, if, if we're not working together, you can see that the silent treatment alone is really just going to start driving you apart. Yeah. So now we've talked about the difference between silence and the silent treatment. Let's talk about solutions because that's what we want to do. That's why we're here. Yeah. Coming back to where we started at the beginning of this episode, we want you to avoid getting to the situation where the silence turns into the silent treatment. Right. So we have to get more comfortable with having difficult conversations. Right. And we've talked about this on the episode many times, but avoiding conflict obviously doesn't work. Right. Those unspoken issues and resentments and those irritants, they add up and there comes a breaking point. In fact, even 
I would say if you're disagreeing a lot, even if you're arguing a little bit, even if you're not the best at communication, it's almost still better than not talking at all. Not talking is being shut down. And oftentimes when someone is really shut down, it's actually too late. There's just not enough gas left in the tank to continue to fight for the relationship anymore. And when people are done, they're they're done. Oh, that's just brutal. You know? As you've listened to the episode today, if you recognize any of these patterns, yeah. we hope that you'll understand that avoiding conflict with silence and the silent treatment is a choice. Yeah, It might be a silent choice, but it's still a choice. And it's important to take responsibility for learning healthier ways of communicating in your relationship. So where do we start? Okay, where do we begin in breaking the silence? Well, we begin by acknowledging the silence, calling it out, naming it, saying what it is. So think of it this way. I like this analogy, actually. So think about, let's say you and your partner are out in the big ocean. Okay. Right? And you're floating. you're floating in the ocean. Your life is the sea. And if you let yourself get swept away by the current, the natural flow of the current is probably going to cause the two of you to drift away from each other in opposite directions. But to keep from drifting away, we all, all of us have to make these conscious choices each and every day to turn toward each other, right? To swim toward each other, to move toward each other. Otherwise, the drift takes over and we can become distant from one another, drift uh, away. I like that analogy of like, you know, drifting apart or drifting away because I like the part where we have to swim towards each other because that indicates that we need to do effort work on our side yes not just passively let this whole thing happen to us right not yeah. not being on autopilot yeah, and i like that so maybe it's we need to turn towards each other and then acknowledge that the silence thing is is happening in our relationship right and it's back to the whole thing like there's this problem that's out in front of us right let's not it's not my problem your problem it's this problem let's put it out in front of us and how can we work on this problem together this problem being silence how do we actually begin how do we break that silence i think you mentioned it earlier i think we just name it right mm -hmm. so we have to acknowledge it for what it is for example let's try a couple things like maybe this one hey you know we haven't i know we haven't been talking lately mm -hmm. i've really been feeling well, i don't know down or distant or whatever that is. And I just, I haven't known how to bring it up. Yeah. That just feels honest. That doesn't feel like, I don't feel myself getting defensive. It just feels like a really honest thing to say that is truth and it, it isn't critical. Okay. Yeah. How about this? How Could does you this go? feel? I'll, okay. I'll go. Okay. Can we check in? I know that I've gone radio silent. I, I know that I've shut down. I really can't explain it, but I'd like to try to explain it. And if you're willing to listen to me sort of bumble along through it all, I'd like to sort it out with you. I like that because you're sort of admitting that you're, you're struggling with something. Yeah. It's just yeah. being honest. Okay. Let's try this one. Hey, you know, I'm not, I'm not really certain like what's going wrong, uh, but I feel like we haven't spoken in a couple of days or X amount of time. Would you have time where we could talk tonight? That feels good. Yeah. I, I don't feel defensive. Okay. How does this feel? You know what? I really miss you. We, I just, we have, we just don't talk as much anymore. And, and I'm not really sure why. And I haven't asked you why, because, well, quite frankly, I've been afraid to ask, but I miss you and I miss us. I like the way you said I miss us in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was mm -hmm. good. So in each of these cases, it was really just about naming the problem and putting it out in front of us to work on it and acknowledging that there is this thing that is going on rather than trying to just pretend like it's not. 
what usually prevents us from doing this, like naming it? Right, because it sounds simple. Yeah, it like, sounds hey, we just like name it. It's easy, right? And I think the reason why we don't do it just as easy as we just demoed it is just that it we have we're afraid. I think it's fear. I think that's what prevents us from really dealing with silent treatment or silence. Yeah, well, maybe we're afraid to open a dialogue because things haven't gone well in the past, like the last time I brought it up. I think that's a big part of it. Yeah, because we know based on our past experiences that whatever happened happened in the past. And now I'm afraid of having that happen again. Yeah, but sure. we, we have some examples. I mean, just use some of those. Right. Yeah. We could use or some we, of those. Yeah. Or maybe we're afraid of what our partner might think or say or do in response to bringing it up. Maybe we're afraid what will happen after the conversation starts. For like, sure. What if I share what's bothering me and my partner doesn't even care? Or what if my partner shares something with me and I can't handle it? Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think these are the kind of fears that keep us silent. But if that's the case, again, just tell your spouse what's in your heart. Tell them you're afraid. Tell them your fears. Again, name those fears. So you could say like, you know what? I know I'm not a great communicator, but I'm afraid. I'm afraid the silence is going to cause us to drift apart. I'm afraid that we're going to get into a fighting match and I don't want to fight with you. I just want us to work together and work this out. So again, just naming the fear. I love that. It's also a gentle start, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. How about, I know we keep trying and, and we keep, I keep blowing it. We keep mm -hmm. failing, but this whole silence thing is just feels like it's giving up and, and I don't want to give up on us. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Okay. What about, I know we haven't been talking. The truth is that I'm afraid and I miss us and I'm desperate for us to connect. I want us to feel like we're on the same team. I, I, I feel like, but I'm afraid and I, I just don't, I just don't know where to start. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How about this one? Okay. Yeah. I was remembering the other day how great you are at, I don't know, making cookies, right? <laughs> and I realized that I haven't appreciated you for doing that lately. And I can't remember the last time that we really talked or had a conversation that went beyond like you pick up the kids and, and I'll do the laundry kind of a to-do list. Would it be okay with you if we found a time where we could just check in and, and reconnect a little bit? I love that. And you know what is in every one of these examples, you know what the common denominator is between all of them? They mm. were all I statements. Yeah. Yeah. Not you statements. They, none of them were coming in with an accusation or a blame they were all I statements rather than you statements. Yeah, because you statements sort of feel threatening, right? You're like, and your fault and this, mm -hmm. instead of just saying, you know, this well, okay, here, yeah, here's an example. Okay. I'll, I'll see if I can nail down. A um, really defensive type uh, of Yeah, all example. defensiveness, right? So this okay. is, again, what not to do. I can never seem to say the right thing, and you are always getting mad at me. Right. How'd I do? They get all Yeah. Of them. Never, always, you, you, you. Yeah. yeah. So the previous I started examples, with I though. <laughs> yeah. That's a cheat. Okay. <laughs> okay. So yeah, the earlier examples were certainly better because they all focused on, on, on I and how I was feeling and naming it and being just honest with our feelings. Yeah. So the, I think the main thing here, if you're trying to get out of silence and break the silence and get back into dialoguing, even if you're afraid, the best advice I can probably give you is to just keep trying. You know, remember, it's better to try and fail than to shut down and to stop trying. Even if you're having a really hard time with it, just keep trying. And if you feel like you need help breaking this pattern and you feel like maybe you could benefit from a third party, then feel free to reach out to us. 
and maybe schedule an appointment. Maybe we can, maybe we can help you with that. Yeah. You know, we're seeing a huge growth in our podcast right now, and it's really, truly because of you and you are all amazing. And, and we're so grateful. We just ask that you can continue to support the show. The algorithm feeds off your ratings and reviews. So if you haven't recently, or if you haven't at all, please take a moment to leave us a five-star review and a comment. We love reading the comments. Yeah, we really appreciate it. And more importantly, probably as always, if there's someone in your life today that needs help in their relationship, would you consider maybe sharing this episode or maybe just our channel with them to help them? Because that's really our bigger mission is to be able to touch more lives and to be able to help more couples. Yes. And of course, be kind to each other this week. Take care of each other. Remember, it's the small things done often that usually make the biggest impact. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Master Your Marriage. If you have a topic you'd like us to cover, then we want to hear from you. Just go to MasterYourMarriagePodcast.com and send us your question. Oh, and while you're there, you can also check out our retreats and events and even apply for coaching. And make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you get advanced notice of when the next episode drops, plus show notes and many extras. Thanks again for tuning in.